Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective right here on PlanetTower.com. I'm your host, Donald Wonder, and I'm joined as always by my good buddy, the guy who's here, always here by my side to continue with Woody Allen discussion, Simon Red. Hot damn, that sounds like an awful big load of commitment right there. Like, you're going to propose in a minute or something? I was trying to think of an insult to you as I always do, but I couldn't, so I just just brought you up. Guys, yeah. this is a review after a long day of preparing for a review. Sure. And when I say preparing, I mean doing a bunch of other stuff completely unrelated that tired us out. Well, people wouldn't really know that because, you know, you're just listening, guys, on the podcast or whatnot. Guys, I want to say thanks for listening. As always, if you've been following this retrospective, you've been following our recordings. And last time we spoke about 2007's Cassandra's Dream. That was a movie that I thought was widely received. It looks like I didn't do enough research because according to Rotten Tomatoes, people hate the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which... Damn, I thought I was being harsh, but if you go on Rotten Tomatoes and read some of the the feedback, I was like, damn, it wasn't that bad. But um, guys, if you want to hear just our thoughts, Nick, then on the YouTube card, go back and click on the top right-hand corner. You can go back there and you can listen. Yeah, what what can I say? People are dumb. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> guys. You don't have to. <laughs> thanks for listening guys don't forget we've got the retrospective in this playlist we call the Woody Allen retrospective it's got its own website which is called WoodyAllenRetro.com so again the link will be in the description don't forget if you listen on the podcast I'll also put a link in the podcast description if you listen on iTunes Stitch Radio all the other podcast means however you're doing it there's a section where you can give us feedback let us know what you think and just join the discussion let us know what you think because although we're doing podcasts in a very um amateur fun way we do want to hear your feedback and i know a lot of you guys listening do not even give a shit about woody allen you just want to vicariously experience these movies through us and that's fine so on that note guys don't forget we're going to spoil the movie that we're going to talk about and um if you don't mind then listen in but simon as always you can introduce us to the next movie and then break it down for the people who don't know what it's about yeah i've been looking forward to this one to be honest with you because not just the subject matter But also, for me at least, this was Woody Allen's big comeback movie to basically his current state of his career. I haven't heard about Woody Allen at this point in time, the years 2008, in a context that wasn't retro, that wasn't talking about his comedy performances from back in the day, his filmography in the 70s, his classic movies from that time. That was the Woody Allen that was known for the general public and how he was perceived for most people, people who... Our film connoisseurs obviously knew him much better, but as somebody who didn't really give a damn about his own image, you had his old school work and you had his scandal. That was it. And then came along this movie, and I think it's important to know that this is the big turn where he literally becomes that super well-respected, highly acclaimed director who becomes an Oscar bait. Have we already forgot about Match Point? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think if you, as you read the reviews for the last two movies, I yeah. think you're not alone with that. Yeah, most people, most people kind of thought that was a one-off. It's true. It's true. Even but, though it's a yeah. terrific movie, but here he actually manages to get a lot of big-name stars back, some of whom's career he partially started, and we get one of his most critically acclaimed films. And uh, Vicky Cristiana Barcelona. Cristiana or Cristina? Let me do that. In Vicky Cristina Barcelona. You know that I never really re edit you. I keep it in and people laugh. So you, you don't need to do that. But Get continue. the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> continue. Yeah, I hope you kept the part about your mom in there then too. Yeah. Because you can't be selective then. You need, just need to do it. Of course I did. 
Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So what's the movie about and why is it so critically acclaimed? And I'm sure you will be more than happy to share your views on it because I think this is one of those ones where we won't agree. But for me, it's a, a pretty damn good movie about the subject matter of why coming to Europe is awesome. <laughs> Basically, mm. Vicky and Christina, the two title characters, are played by Scarlett Johansson as Christina and Rebecca Hall as Vicky. Mm. And... Basically, they're the opposite of each other. Christina, played by Scarlett Johansson, is kind of lost in the world. She's scared of commitment, or not scared, but kind of bored of it. And she doesn't know what she wants to do. She only knows what she doesn't want to do. And that's a, that's a great way to summarize a character. That's how she's introduced in the film, by the narrator, actually. And Vicky, played by Rook Hall, is the exact opposite. She's very organized. She's in a steady relationship, getting married to Doug, who's just as boring as his name, played by Chris Messina, who's a boring business guy from the boring part of New York. Basically, everything about him is boring, but he has a good job. He has more than decent income. He can definitely provide for her so she can just lavish in her arts because that's what she studied. And this trip for her is just kind of like a little getaway before getting really serious and starting to think about her engagement with Doug and getting married and having children and kind of settling down. So this is a, an opportunity for her to live for her passion and for her hobby, which is architecture and obviously Barcelona. For any of you who visited, is a terrific city for that. The Gaudi experience especially. Now, so far, so good. It sounds like a standard Woody Allen movie. You have two opposite characters. They're going on a trip. Probably somebody's going to have an affair at some point. But the twist in this movie is the setting and how things are presented and how Woody Allen managed to create a very special atmosphere. The big turnaround is that once they get to Barcelona, they go to an art gallery. And at the exhibition, they are introduced or at least uh, they see this guy in a red shirt. And Scarlett Johansson immediately starts to gravitate towards him because he's like old, mysterious and kind of brooding, but there's also a sexy charm about him. And of course, for those of you who know anything about this movie or remember the tremendous hype it got for the Oscars, know that this is the film that established Javier Bardem as a god. In fact, he played God in the last movie I saw him in this year. So, or at least a version of God. <laughs> so, you mean no coach for old men? No, I, I mean... Uh, oh, you mo- mean 2017? Mo- yeah, I mean mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this was the same year as no coach for old men. Right? I think this movie was shot afterwards, from what I can tell. It, 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 was, it was close enough. Yeah. You know, it was close enough where this and... I'll double check. Yeah, basically it was the one-two combination of those two movies that really established this guy. Showed a lot of range. Good for him, man. Showed a lot of range. Was like, wow, everybody was like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Except for Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yeah. He was like, he's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but this really, this movie really banks on him. Like, because uh, his introduction is very full frontal. Woody wants you to be shocked at how different this Spanish guy as to what, you know, let's say an American audience would be used to. Because he just walks up to them in the restaurant after the, um, the event and basically just says, how would you two girls like to join me for a weekend getaway? And uh, we can have uh, dinner, we can drink, we can have fun, and then we can sleep with each other. <laughs> and that's basically his opening line. 
this is where Woody's geni- genius comes in, at least for me. And jump in if you like. I'm going to. Go on. <laughs> yeah, but basically, while Scarlett Johansson's character is immediately intrigued, Vicky, Rebecca Hall's character... Is repulsed. <laughs> yeah, she's the vessel for the audience. Because I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie, right? Like, if she Scarlett Johansson would just go along with it, then it would be like, oh, this is crazy. You know, this guy is a complete stranger. I don't care how charming or handsome he is. Or, you know, that you're in Barcelona, you only live once. It's still very reckless and kind of makes her character look stupid. But I think they balance each other out. Rebecca Hall is, in a way, a bit too cautious, while Scarlett Johansson is a bit too easygoing. And I think they have the luxury because they're together. So they're like, oh, my girl has my back, you know? So while Scarlett Johansson is very intrigued, Rebecca Hall tries to pull her out and convince her otherwise. But ultimately, it wouldn't be a movie if they wouldn't go along with it. And this is where we shift into the next gear because we learn about Javier Bardem and his troubled relationship with his uh, previous ex-wife that seems Mm -hmm. to be so passionate and so crazy and he has nothing but compliments for her. Like she was the love of his life, but for some reason didn't work out because apparently she's a freaking psycho and tried to kill him. And then one after the other, they start falling for him. First of all, Johansson does, but you know, she has a... I think food poisoning or something. So she's out of commission for the, the rest of the weekend trip. So Rebecca Hall has to spend some time with him and it gets very romantic and they visit his dad. And you really learn about this guy. That this guy is not just some macho or some womanizing creep. He's actually a very passionate guy and mm-hmm. his uh, point of view on life, how life is meant to, you know, be fun and be passionate and live to the fullest. And of course, this is a Woody Allen movie. So you know, he comes off kind of um, cheesy, but he's genuine. I mean, he he is genuine, and again, because it's a Woody Allen movie, he is also straight up an atheist. So he's not talking about a God, this God, that. He's like, look, there's nothing else real in this life except I w- I passion. I would love to see a religious character in a Woody Allen movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he should actually make in another movie. Sorry to interject. nah, but we're almost done because, as you can tell from just this uh, introduction. The movie's all about the experience and about the performances. Yeah. Would he try to caption the, the spirit of th- this kind of weekend getaway in Spain? The whole movie feels like an escape. And Javier Barden is kind of like your tour guide yep. who has an answer for everything. And he's a yep. painter, an artist. And you really get to know him well. For those of you who heard about this movie, you know what made it famous. What made it famous is that after Rebecca Hall falls for him and they have like a one night stand and she's like, I need to go back to, I guess, my boyfriend. and I'm confused emotionally. Scarlett Johansson wants to make up for lost time. She doesn't know what happened between her and her, you know, her girlfriend and, you know, this uh, Javier Bardem. So she starts having a relationship with him because she finds him very attractive and very enticing and mysterious. But... As the relationship progresses, Javier Bardem's ex-wife, paid by Penelope Cruz, enters the scene because she has another meltdown and she has to move in with them. And the fact that these two actors, you know, get to act in Spanish just energizes the performances. They really can just break loose. And even though Penelope Cruz's character is a mess and she's a psycho, she's crazy, she's insanely interesting, insanely attractive. And the two have such great chemistry the movie just goes from really good to absolutely great. And then (laughs) things get even more complicated and even more free thinking when they sort of start having uh, this three-way relationship between her, Scarlett Johansson, 
and Javier Bardem. And then, of course, in typical Woody Allen fashion, passion gets too much and things wrap up in a way as you would expect or maybe not because the movie has a couple of twists up his sleeve towards the end but i don't think we need to go over it because that is the meat of the movie, the movie. <laughs> you just went over it very detailed actually and i and i, f- I think it's good you did that because i want to roll back and like explore a lot of the, what the actually plot details and stuff like that so uh yeah i'm gonna start this by saying that this is another movie that Actually, I thought I remembered pretty well. I'm like, hey man, I remember this is Woody Allen's threesome movie. You look at the DVD cover. <laughs> yeah, that's the short version. Yeah. But if you cut out, you know, 90% of what I just said, you can just skip to this is the threesome one. Yeah, and you see the cover, and you're like, oh, Penelope Cruz, Scarlett Johansson, how about them? And you just see them. That's all I could remember the threesome movie and the one girl that doesn't like him. And re watching it again, I'm very pleasantly surprised. I, because honestly, I'm going to be a bit scatterbrained here and, and say this. By the end of the movie, this this what what this movie has in, in uh, common with Matchpoint is that a lot happens in this movie and every single character has a lot of character development. You have a lot of time with every single character here, which is really impressive because Penelope Cruz doesn't actually come into the movie until 51 minutes in the movie. <laughs> so she doesn't come back. When I was watching this movie again, I'm like, wait a minute, this actually is just about Vicky and Christina. These two girls and... Christina, no, Vicky is not even on the cover. Re- Rebecca Hall is not on the cover. So yeah, again, way to jip her. <laughs> yeah, she's the, she is like one of the main characters who's in most of the movie, and she's not even on the cover. And when Scarlett Johansson sick, she takes over the movie and yeah. she carries it well. So I, I was shot. I was like, this actress deserves more credit because she's really good in this film, and I don't understand why her career is not taking off as much as everybody else's. I want to give Woody um, credit. First of all, I love it when you can execute a story with good time management and you get a lot of weight with every character and I think coming away from this movie especially the way it ends with again Woody doing one playing to one of his strengths it's just a strong realistic ending not no dreamy eyed fairy tale because to be honest with you these kind of European getaway movies that it's a fucking cliche go to Europe fall in love have a tryst we've seen so many it's a it's it's so little niche yeah in in, in hollywood romance movies so yeah absolutely and uh, i would add to that that i think most of them are just an excuse to go on a holiday or to yeah. recycle the same romantic plot in a different setting to try to make it look fresh not the same tired cliche you've seen a million times before but then it itself became a cliche but here it feels appropriate simply because just javier Bardem's character wouldn't work if it wasn't him like, if it was some guy in a bar in New York trying to pull this, he would come off as a pervert. But, Woody, you know. Woody Allen said he wrote this character. He was the only one he could envision, which, again, Woody Allen has this foresight of casting, and I don't know how he knew from watching No Country for Old Men. And But, again... <laughs> yeah, it's like... It, but, like, when Javier Barton speaks, you can see an old, like, Spanish acting coach going, like, passion, strength. And, honestly, it's your... When I first watched it, I'm like, really? What? It's yawn fest. As a guy, I'm watching that. Oh, this guy's just a fucking player. This guy's just putting on the voice. But he's actually genuine. And as you go through the movie, like, no, this guy is actually the real deal. And um, to go completely off topic, there's a lot of things that we talk about on Planet Tyro outside of Woody Allen. Something like Samurai Jack, which is very cool factor. Very, very cool. And I just, that's another show I just didn't like. But when I watched it, I, I'm bringing this up because it's genuine. There's certain characters that are kind of played out because they act a certain way, they're too cool for school, but they are who they are. I'm trying to think of, I don't, what's that movie about the kid who, who um, bumped school for the whole day? 
Oh, I know. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Exactly. Again, you, you watch that now and you think, oh, this is just about some cool kid who thinks he's so cool. But when you watch it, he actually brings you in. So what what I want to compliment, first of all, is Javier Bardem being this romantic, charismatic character, it works. And when you first see it, when I was first watching, I was just like, you know, he just comes on a bit too... Thick. Yeah. And I just thought, this is kind of cheesy. In a way, they introduce him as well. Like, he's dressed down. He's just very simple in a red shirt. And he's like, and it's just like, but he's a man. A man of passion. He stuns. He fails. He works. It's like, like, he has an accent. It's like, okay, just just tone it down. I, I get what you're saying. But again... Rebecca Hall's character, Vicky, is great because she says everything you as an audience member feel or think. A bit harsh. She's a bit harsh. She's like, she's not, like, I, I agree with you, but the first time he meets him and he's just with them and as soon as he says something, she doesn't, as soon as he says something, she doesn't, like, she jumps them like a tiger and I'm like, but you know. Th- that, that's good, see, because I think she's scared of her own emotions because while Scarlett Johansson is very open that she's turned on and she finds this very exciting yeah she she's scared because she's like in a steady relationship and about to get married so she's like i'm not supposed to feel turned on by a complete stranger especially by somebody i don't even know and blatantly told me she like that he wants to have sex with me and my best friend at the same time but she kind of does so it's like a counter reaction i think that's just woody being a very good writer and yeah thanks for saying that because the reason why this movie is so strong and let me give a backhanded compliment this movie woody allen isn't reinventing the world this is another romantic comedy about americans or english people going to europe or going to a mediterranean country and falling in love but the difference is number one you spend time with the characters and you like them and number two Everything we said, it actually, if you're, I have a feeling, if you listen to this for the first time, you haven't seen the movie, it would sound very predictable. Like, there's one character who's this way, there's one character that way, there's a character, it sounds very archetypal, everyone's a type. But the reason why this works in particular is Woody Allen introduced one element, one storytelling element which could destroy the movie, and he doesn't do a lot, narration. Now, the guy who's narrating the story, he's telling you what the characters are thinking. And let me get the actor's name here. Because this is a young guy. Yeah, I think Jason Biggs auditioned, but he was told, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Christopher Evan Walsh, he's the narrator. And from the very beginning, he's he's got a very brisk voice. He doesn't linger on. He's not, it doesn't sound like he's, it doesn't sound like a play. He just sounds like he's telling you about his characters. And the reason why it enhances the story, because you're watching a story and he's narrating it as well. So even though these characters are archetypes, because he's telling you it's a story, you already know that you're listening to a story, a very a very guided story, but the narration helps you enjoy the movie even more. And the reason why I said it can hurt, because narration is a very touchy thing, because again, you could just placate the audience by just telling them what's happening. It could just seem like it's not necessary. It works. This, yeah. The narration yeah. works perfectly in the movie. And, and sometimes, you know, giving people's thinking a voice, you know, either they themselves start narrating or you hear their thoughts out loud exactly. or somebody narrates. It's seen as cheap and easy to do, but I think it's also very liberating and it can be a very good a very good way to showcase kind of the the different dimensions of somebody where they're acting one way but thinking another way. So it's all it all depends how it's used. It's not the first time Woody's done it by the way. Um there's a movie I think 
Zedek. Some of the, some of his other ones, but this one it works into romantic comedy. Let, let me focus. I know on- he narrated. Uh, what was the the one from eighty six? I think the Radio Days. 80, ah, eighty seven. Exactly, radio, radio and that days. was Woody Allen narrating himself. Good point as yeah. well. Um, let me move on to Plenty of Cruise. Um, again, looking at the criticism for the movie. A lot of people were saying Harvey Bodem and Penelope Cruz are stereotypes that, you know, there's these these characters, European characters that are exaggerated, that are very, you know, Heck inspirational no, I, and artists. But I'm going to praise it because, no, because Penelope Cruz, when she enters the movie, it's at a very dark period of her life. Something very traumatic has happened to her. And the way Javier Bodem brings her in, it disrupts him and Scott Johnson's relationship. But... It's not just done for... I think other movies will just do it to spice things up. But to be honest with you, it makes sense. And it does disrupt their relationship at first. But it makes the movie better. And it works. And to be honest with you, at that point, I'm like, you know what? She comes in nearly more than halfway through the movie. And she's one of the main people on the cover of the poster. So you might think, she's coming in a bit late. I mean, is now the movie going to start again? But you have a lot of time with her character as well. Yeah. So you have. She has the least... I'm at a character development in the movie against the other three, but what she brings to the movie is very good. And to be honest with you, her and Harvey Bedem do a lot of um, character building for Scarlett Johansson's character who's very lost. And when them three are the focus of the movie, which is more or less halfway to the end, I found that very intriguing, not just for the sexual part, but because of how much Scarlett Johansson's character was feeding off them, how much they helped her. And it honestly, it makes it a very thoughtful movie. Like, you know what? This isn't just about sex. This isn't just about exploring relationships and damn It was really about the growth of everyone in this movie and how they all come from a different relationship perspective. They all had these qualms, but how they all grow from each other. And I just think it's funny that these three on the, the, the cover of the movie and Scarlett Johansson probably takes away the most out of the three because... She was in a completely different place. Oh, like yeah. She gains the most. When this movie's over, her character has gained the most out of this whole experience. And to be honest with you, I felt, I was like, you know what? I buy it. It works. And I like that a lot. Yeah. And uh, again, Penelope Cruz is emphasized a lot. And I think she got a lot of praise for the movie because she has a very strong presence. She I got think. more than praise. You know what she got? She got an Oscar for this one? <laughs> yeah, she got an Oscar for <laughs> Best supporting actress. So I, oh, she also got a husband out of it because she's married to Javier Bardem, isn't she? Now that you put, you know what's so funny? Now that you break it down like that, she got the most out of this movie. Yeah, she got, yeah actually, she got the most out yeah, of the movie. She got the least screen time in control. <laughs> yeah. Actually, to, to be honest with you, because I remember the hype. I, I haven't seen the movie prior to this, but I thought that she was either Christina or Vicky. Because they're yes, on the poster exactly. and that's what the movie's called. And I'm like, okay, is the, those two girls in Barcelona and Javier Bardem comes in at some point. And she's Maria, by the way. Her character is Maria. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I guess maybe Vicky, Christina, Maria was the original title. I'm not sure. But yeah, to, to summarize it, first of all, I know Spanish people like that. So to me, that was just very realistic. And that's how Spanish actors act. So it was just very, it was just very good to see those two kind of unleash and being able to perform in their native tongue. So that was a treat. And in terms of the actual threesome and sexual aspect, for, for the fact that the movie's so hyped about it, it's really not shown. There are some erotic scenes. Again, you know, Scarlett Johansson's in, so, in the movie, so Woody has to do his thing, <laughs> I guess. But, but who wouldn't? Because she looks uh, beautiful in front of the camera, and yeah. they're all done very tastefully. But 
the actual threesome aspect of it is very subtle and you and you don't really see a lot yeah and again i think the main element of the film that kind of grabbed people and people were so shocked about it and thought this movie is so so out there and so different is actually that it's not it's not out there it simplifies things it's not it doesn't approach the threesome from a sexual perspective it approaches it from an emotional standpoint that actually uh maria Penelope Cruz's character says that me and Javier Bardem they loved each other with full passion and it was just too much they just couldn't sustain the relationship could they would just turn on each other and argue and it would go to hell because you can truly hate somebody you love because hate is kind of like the flip side of love yeah it's a thin line between love and hate yeah exactly only somebody you care deeply about can hurt you really really bad it's kind of like that their relationship just never worked because they were just there was just too much passion they were just too close but then scarlett johansson comes in as the third element to kind of balance them out and bring in some variety and somebody they can you know talk to and mentor and grow with and bounce emotions off of them it's so funny that now in today's society open relationships and three-way four relationships are so much more popular than back then and in this movie and you know again with the and having some kind of foresight it yeah. really does a good job of showing how that dynamic really really works and really it really is beneficial because yeah. their relationship benefits and just to continue on the uh, on the plot line a bit when Scar Johansson's character goes through her arc and she reaches a place where she's ready to exit, yeah, that has a domino effect immediately. Like their relationship, Penelope Cruz Javier Bardem, just goes to shit immediately. Even that part, I was like, wow, Woody, I really like that. I thought it was very consistent. I thought if she came along and she fixed her relationship and I could be together, it would just be too happy for me and it wasn't believable. But since it went down a more believable route, I liked it. And then to add to that, and even though we're spoiled, I'm not going to spoil this part, at the very end, you think the movie's going to end one way because Woody Allen tells end the beginning with Rebecca Hall's character coming back in and you would think that, okay, the ending that I thought it was going to have, I was like, I like it, it's very romantic, but it, something happens right at the end and even that's ruined. I was like, oh shit, I like that. And that was a nice surprise. I forgot that even happened. That was awesome. And I'm like, hey, Woody, you pulled that shit in Cassandra's dream. I liked it conceptually, but you didn't pull it off. Here, I believed it. I want to call it a twist, but it was just a crazy thing, but it was consistent with the movie on this whole, since you know in the past, some of that's happened before. By the end, when you see the character at the end, that the two women, they started one way coming, they're leaving together another way, and just, just the looks on their faces, all they've been through, I felt like this movie, I don't know how long the movie took over, it felt like six months or something, I felt like we spent a year or two in that country with these characters. You know, I think it was even shorter than that, because they're literally there for the summer, so it's yeah. probably a few months. So much happens with every single character, man, this is a, honestly guys, I really enjoyed this movie, and to be honest with you, the first thing I said when I started the review is that I was disappointed in myself, because again, I thought this was the Woody Allen Friesen movie, but this is one of his best romantic dramas that's very light and in saying that this is one of the most easily accessible Woody Allen movies this is an easy recommendation and on top of all else with all of his best movies as I always say this is a movie that when you really think about it when you really watch it I don't see those typical Woody Allen traits I don't see a stupid neurotic character I know some people would argue that Rebecca Hall's character was a Woody Allen type I wouldn't actually not really. I would just say she was a bit of a hard ass and she had those emotional problems, but she wasn't 
channeling Woody Allen's dialogue or acting no. like that was no. Scarlett Johansson in Scoop. You know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. yeah the, the setup is Woody Allen-esque. Yeah. You, you can see it. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of Everybody Says I Love You. Yeah, exactly. With the European trip. But after that, it really becomes its own thing. And to me, I had a very pleasant experience watching the movie because it makes you freaking hate living in London. I was looking at Barcelona. Well, and I had the, the opposite feeling for the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! It pissed me off too. If you get frustrated, <laughs> I had that. Too. I was just, yeah. I was like, escaping to that movie's world was yeah. great, but it pissed sure. me off because I'm like, it really shows you that a lot of this hustling, bustling for like a small apartment, a one bedroom in the the city where it's cold all damn day. Is really bullshit because over there, Javier Bardem has this big garden and a big house and it doesn't cost him a damn thing because everybody's super lax and he's just painting all day. You're pissing me off. And 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 and, 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 (laughs) and then they, you know, they they cycle, but sometimes they rent a car and it's just beautiful and they just, the music and it's nice and relaxed and it's always summer. And I'm like, why do we, we even try? And that's the whole point of the movie. Like, what's the point? Of life if you're not happy and what is true happiness well i would say it's more i agree with you but that's a bit extreme i would just say although it's cheesy though i'm gonna say it the simple things in life are more satisfying but you have to be in the right fucking country yeah. <laughs> you have to be in barcelona bro. Most, most definitely you do not be in london <laughs> and, and, and even the the the, the stuck-up boring ass fiance doug when uh scarlet who doesn't oh. have a high opinion of scarlet johansson when he comes into the picture and Scarlett Johansson is just catching up with them and telling them what she's been up to with Javier Bardem and Penelope you know, Cruz. He disappointed me so much when she told him that story, and he was like, he was disgusted. You know, I thought he was like, I thought it was going to turn up. He was like, your friend's fucking weird. No, see, see, I interpreted it differently because I think his jaw just dropped that he had no fucking clue what to say. He was just like, huh? No, no, that as well. But he wasn't. But then he was like, yeah, your friend, you know, she's not. Then he insulted her afterwards in private. He's like, yeah, your friend. She's yeah, but that, that, this, uh, but at the same time, he was kind of turned on by it. He was just trying to keep in, uh, creeping around in um, Rebecca Hall's bed and trying to be like, oh, well, you know, threesome, uh, would you consider it? And that kind of stuff. Did he actually say that? I don't, fi- I don't think so. I think he hinted at something that's else. How, that's how much of a wash he is. He doesn't even try to get spicy in the movie. It would have been fun. Anyway. Let's ease a, ease a, look, the actor who's playing him is fine. He's playing that deadpan role. But, you know, it just makes you... It's a, he's a character that makes you wish Rebecca Hall went with the other guy. But then you see what happens. Again, Woody Allen plays that element to the end, which is really good. So let me get to a fun part of trivia about this movie. So, again, this was another script that Woody Allen had in the making for years. And originally, it was actually set to be... It was meant to be set in San Francisco. So we actually wanted this one to be in America. But... Part of his deal, because at this time, you know, he fell out with American audience so much and he went into European deal. I don't remember what, um, what studio it was. They were like, you need to do one in Barcelona. On top of that, they offered him so much credit. I mean, they were saying, shoot here for free. And he was given so much opportunities, to, you know, to benefit him shooting in Barcelona. So he, he picked this script because it was the best he could adapt to Barcelona or whatever. Um, fine. I mean, cinematography-wise... I'm going to be a bit of an arsehole because I could say it was beautiful. But here's the thing. It's a beautiful country. Visually, I don't think he did all the dynamic stuff he could have. Uh, you know what? Because he's not working with, his, you know, my boy yeah. from uh, anything else. 
Yeah. When him and Woody did a terrific job in that movie, nothing was good about that movie except the cinema. It was amazing. Jesus, yeah. 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 And he's going to come back soon for a different film yeah. to work with Woody Allen. Uh-huh. But but here, the scenery sold it. So Woody didn't have to do much. The, he didn't. But I just, I noticed that it was like, he was like, and I, I, I probably would agree. It's such a beautiful landscape, such a beautiful city that he didn't have to do much. But again, I think, I think one of the things Woody Allen does a lot is he takes sweeping shots. You could just, and he doesn't do that a lot. But the country's so beautiful, it's fine. But again, I'm just being critical. Soundtrack was fine. The score was fine. I thought it was beautiful. Again, I didn't feel like he had to do much. Just this, listen to the music of the city. But he did implant some stuff. Again, the narration was actually very well done for this movie. Very risky for him to do it. But if he didn't have the narration, I think it would have actually made the movie lesser. So it was actually a good ad. And the voice, the guy who did the narration was good. So overall, we already mentioned that the movie got... um. Penelope Cruz, Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. I was curious. So I went on the Oscar Academy Awards site to see what she was up against. So I was like, really? Because I like Penelope Cruz's character. Oscar nomination. So when I looked at the opposing who she was going up against, actually it wasn't, it wasn't much of a battle. Because all those other movies, which um, I'm not going to mention because I'm just going to wrap it up. Trust me. If you go on, uh, if you want to put a link down, they were, they were all nothing. I mean, they were, I think the, the closest one was um, the Tilda Swinton movie, I'm not here, that musical thing. That was an okay movie, but again, anyway, there wasn't a lot of competition, so Penelope Cruz winning for this movie is fine. Well, 2008, that was the year The Dark Knight came out, wasn't it? So to me, everybody... Female the, the, supporting actress. So no, yeah, no yeah, female... The, in, yeah. Yeah, to me, yeah, what wasn't... Uh, what's her face? Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, good killed enough. half through the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the ultimate sacrifice wasn't that you good enough for you. What, 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 it, what, what else do you want from her? From her, I mean, she can't do more if she dies. Yeah, you know, Thingy got the Oscar post post movie, which he deserved. Which yes, he clearly deserved. It would have been nice to see him get it alive to break the mold, but now it feels like a pity Oscar. Also, that movie should have been nominated for Best Picture and should sure. have won. Everyone, but, everyone. but yeah, but, but fuck Batman. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> for now. That, that, for now. That, that, for now. That, Let's not get sidetracked, but yeah. The reason I brought that up, because speaking of Christopher Nolan, Rebecca Hall and Scarlett Johansson were both in The Prestige. So that pisses me off even more that I'm like, this chick was acting with Scarlett Johansson from the beginning. And she did Scoop that year as well. That's so funny. You, Jackman, Scoop. Then yeah. she come and did this. It's funny. She just jumped, jump, 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 jump. So yeah. we're going to get to, on the next discussion, so funny, we're going to get to someone else that is related. To that. Let me not, Let me just say this. Rotten Tomatoes, fresh, certified, fresh, very high critics rate. I double checked this time. So this movie, like you said, Simon, this is one of his most respected movies and the ice on the cake, apart from the Oscar, the movie buzz, to date. This is one of Woody Allen's most profitable movies. It made four times its budget. Because people loved Javier Bardem, the idea of a threesome just enticed female audiences. And I remember so many girls I knew, whether it was my friends, my mom's friends, you know, any age, they were just all over this film. Everybody was so hyped. Like, they never ever experienced this idea before. And it's all because the way it's done in the film. So in in a way, when you said it's supposed to be set in San Francisco, I'm like... I don't think it could have worked as well if it wasn't set in Barcelona Definitely. with Javier Bardem. Yeah. Maybe Javier Bardem would have been like a Spanish guy in San Francisco, but... Um, it's helping Woody to get out of his element. This is why people love this European tour phase he's in right now, you know? And that's going to change the next movie, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, oh, wait, isn't the next movie set in like old school England or something? No, not at all. And boy, that, that discussion. Talk about one of Woody Allen's most hated movies. So guys, on that note, subscribe to the channel so you can continue us 
continue with us on the retrospective to see what the next movie is. Most of you guys know what it is. But uh, Simon, I want to thank you for joining me on this one as always. Uh, where's my threesome? That's what I want to know. Nah, I'm going to have to edit that out for you, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting tired. You can forgive him, Raven. You can forgive him for that. Guys, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment down below. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next recording.